history being important. How are words a vital means of communicating God's message? Well, uh, the simplest the simplest answer there, and I'm going to read this little statement. I think I read it from the other week, but uh, the creeds are words. We're expressing our beliefs by the, by the means of a creed or a confession. And I like what Karl Barth said. He said, the creeds express the church's resistance to strange voices that the, when you come to the idea of history, how do words help us to stay attached to history? Well, one of the ways is creeds, right? Because for, for all the other distinctions, for all the other differences and for all the other intramural debates about the, the right kind of church government, we know historically that the creeds go back to these points in time, Mm -hmm. and that the Christian church by and large has been affirming its belief and its adherence to these creeds for literally now thousands of years. Um, That's where the history of of words comes in. What did this person say? What did they mean by what they said? And it's one of the reasons why uh, over the past Oh, five, ten years, I have sought to collect, get this collection of commentaries, the ancient Christian commentary on scripture and the uh, reformed Christian commentary on scripture, because it has quotations from all the early church fathers. It has quotations from the reformers. And I'm able to demonstrate to our congregation that this is what the church believed 500 years ago. And it's what we should believe today. Mm -hmm. And it keeps us in the mainstream of Christian doctrine. Keeps us in the mainstream, and that's, I would argue, is the history, how words keep us connected to history. Right. I'm not today, I'm not, I'm not preaching something today. Uh, this, this really became, while we're here, this really became uh, meaningful for me some years ago because I picked up on that. If you listen to Pentecostals and Charismatics, unfortunately, their message changes from decade to decade because they're always coming up with something new, some gimmick. Uh, and, and gimmick may be unfair to our Pentecostal charismatic friends. But I began to notice that in the more, uh, the, 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 the Baptist, the, the Presbyterian, the Reformed, that, that you could hear a message today from somebody and you can go and get a book that's 500 years old and there's the same message. Mm-hmm. You see, it's, it's not changing. Right. And it shouldn't change. The message should be the same. And that's the importance of words in a historical setting is what I would offer. Right. Well, he goes on and uh, he says, words are a normative and normal part of Christianity. So why is this true? Because the message we have is uh, grounded in history. Mm-hmm. They, these events really, truly happen. That's, that's not something you can get with... Um, uh, Mormonism. Mm-hmm. Nobody saw those things except Joseph Smith, 
And most people do not know that the witnesses, almost all of the witnesses that came forward first, later renounced their testimony that they had seen these things. The, none of the historical sites that they uh, claim in the Book of Mormon have ever been found. They have words, but the words have no foundation in history, you see. And if you don't have a foundation in history, then anybody can claim this and it and, and say it's true and it should be binding to you. Whereas with the Christian church, again, with all the caveats about the different issues, uh, Armenianism and Calvinism said the mainstream of Christian thought is there and it goes back to real places, real people, real events. That's another reason why the creeds are important because of that that part of the creed that says Christ was crucified by Pontius, suffered under Pontius Pilate, mm-hmm. was crucified, dead, and buried. Those are historical facts, you see. Right. Because we know that there was a Roman governor named Pontius Pilate. They found a stone with his engravement on it. Uh, we know that some of the earlier Roman uh, historians, Trajan and uh, uh, Pliny the Younger, made reference to Pilate's uh, sentencing of Christ to death. You see, these are real historical events. And so it is it is vital for us to connect our faith to real events. It's not, as I've said before, it is not blind faith. People say, well, you're just supposed to believe. No, and I don't want to get ahead of us ourselves here because Dr. Truman gets into that about, no, these are real historical events that we are affirming. God acted in history. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So history is very, very important. And that makes the creeds important because the creeds are in response to, to controversies that have, that came up in, in the church's history. Correct. So, and they hammered out these doctrines like uh, heresies that evolved people that would come in the church and heresies that, uh, that evolved. They addressed all those things. Right. So we can look back in history. The same things happen today that right. that happened back then. Yeah. So we can go back and see how they handled it and how it should be handled right. today. And it's interesting you talked about history. Um, if you look at archaeology and many finds that they're finding, of course, Israel uh, now is open to a lot of uh, archaeological digs and things since the uh, they became a a state back in, what was it, 48, 48. and then, uh, uh, but they're finding a lot of things, and everything they find bear witness to what is said in in the Bible. Right, and and that's a fascinating, in fact, I'm planning, I'm, 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 I'm gathering information for a series uh, on can a Christian, can a 21st century Christian trust the Bible? And one of the big points I'm going to deal with is some of the archaeological discoveries that, and, and, and it's important to note that archaeology cannot prove the Bible's the Word of God. That's a faith statement. Right. But it can prove that the Bible is accurate, right. reliable. It therefore is trustworthy. It is true in that it re- relays, uh, uh, a historic events. Again, putting our, faith into a historic setting. Right. It's not just something somebody sat down and thought up one day and said, hey, 
let's 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 start a new religion and let's do this. It's not that at all. Uh, so it's it's very important for us to see the creeds connect us to the history upon which the Christ in which the Christian Church was born. Well, he goes on, Dr. Truman, and uh, talks about human nature is a universal. And we talked a little bit last time in the chapter how that's been kind of uh, the culture wants to nullify that and change. You don't really have, you're not born with a nature. You're born and that nature can be changed, uh, which is is silly if you get down to it. But he, he says there is a distinction between creator and its creation, uh, his creation, I should say. Uh, so why is that important, that distinction between creator and his creation? Why is that important to understand? Well, fundamentally, we would if we don't know that we're creatures, then we will constantly be... Uh, striving, and this is, again, this is not just scriptural, this is human history. Mm-hmm. We will be striving to prove that we are somehow in control of our own destiny. And in our 21st century culture, of course, that means I can claim that I'm a different gender or no gender and and totally subjective things. Uh, one of the gender choices we have today is two-spirit. Well, how does a culture that denies, you know, or, or or is inconsistent in their discussions about spirituality claim to prove there are two spirits? How do you prove you were born in the wrong body? Now, how did we get to that place? Well, I always on the site Romans chapter 1 where Paul says, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Right. And they changed the glory. Here's the thing. Here's here's the definition of foolishness. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image of corruptible things. Mm -hmm. And that's where we lose. This is, I think, one of the most fundamental things. As long as we understand that we are creatures accountable to someone beyond ourselves, it will uh, affect the way we live our lives. Now, we, we don't have time to give a philosophy class here, but I think that that goes far beyond religion. Right. Okay. You might say, well, I just like the idea of some God telling me what to do. Fair enough. But let us talk about how the absence of that belief in a being beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a, there's a, a movie we like. We've seen it a few times and we tried to watch it a few weeks ago and it wasn't on, but it's about this it's about Nazi Germany and this uh, this guy who's falsely accused of, and they're trying to get him out of jail. And his wife is on a train to go see him somewhere. And there's this German officer who has just come from a scene where they had put a bunch of Jews to death. And in the scene, the officer is describing how, uh, uh, and I think it was a, an older man, who, who just stopped and said to him, God is watching. God is watching. Mm-hmm. And if I truly believe God was watching, that I am not in charge of my own destiny, it, it certainly should, even without any Christian connotations. 
it should make me think about how I'm treating my fellow man. But we look around the world today, and there is no evidence that after the 20th century was the bloodiest century in human history, and there's no evidence that we have learned anything from that. Why? Because we believe we're on our own. There's no God. We're accountable to ourselves. And the consequence is what you see. You see every day. So it's absolutely vital for us to know that we are creatures. And that there again, so let us, we're, we're trying to unpack the creed here and the importance of the creed. So this week we come to, I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. There's a fundamental reminder. Mm-hmm. I am a creature. Right. And therefore I am accountable to a creator. And this again is what's so powerfully beautiful about the creeds. They keep reminding us of the fundamentals of our faith and of our of the reality of our situation. It's uh, it's really awesome when you think about it. It, it. When you were talking about that, I think about the the there's a new tele, telescope or something that's out there that can see the vastness of the universe. And uh, to think what a creation that God has made that He would also create. Make creatures right. like us, right? Uh, but let's let's move on. My mind's wandering, and I've <laughs> lost my place. So, um, how does God? How are human beings distinguished from all other creatures that God has created? Uh, I love this part of the book because Doctor Truman points out that only humans can communicate with God and with each other. Uh, it is clear that animals can communicate with each other in some way. Okay, But it's so very fu- fundamental, basic. It's not like abstract things that human beings will talk about. Right. I, I always like to point out that uh, there is not an animal on the planet that has developed a medical science to take care of animals. Humans did that. Right. Now, then animals, they can't go up to a fellow animal. They might go up to an animal who's in pain and demonstrate some sort of empathy for that animal. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I've seen many examples of that. But we are, we're still waiting for an animal to come up and start its own veterinary service. Right. Uh, what, what, well, what would we, be, what would be required for that language? Because you have to study, you have to put topics you have to develop terms and topics for that for that language, mm-hmm. and this is something that only human beings can do. Right. <clears throat> I meant to look that up, and I got busy yesterday. I have a book over here on my on my uh, uh, bookshelf called uh, "Evolution: A Theory in Crisis." And now, what's interesting is about the 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 person who wrote the book thirty plus years ago. Now, wrote the book called "Evolution." A Theory in Crisis. Mm-hmm. Then he wrote, 30 years later, he wrote another book called Evolution, Still a Theory in Crisis. And he lists 10 specific areas of that, that, that contradict the claims of evolution. And one of those was human speech. Mm-hmm. The ability to communicate with each other. There's no way to explain 
the evolution of speech. Mm-hmm. So now we've, we've got back to the idea of God created man and his own image. And what was that image? A communicating image, a communicating image. So, so I, I thought that was, and of course, Dr. Dr. Truman is focusing on one specific topic, but I'd love to see a whole book on that idea of how God speaking to us and us speaking to them. And I like this, that God speaks with humans versus God speaks to us. Mm -hmm. Now, it is true that God speaks to us as well. But you and I, when we speak to our animals, we're speaking to them. Right. Because they're not able to speak back. Right. Okay. In the cartoons, they do. And I got that little joke, you know, about the talking dog. The right. guy says, what's what's on top of a house? And the dog goes, roof. And he says, what's what's sandpaper like? Roof. And what's uh, what's a man's name? Ralph. So so we, we joke around it. But you cannot go in and to one of your animals and you can you can talk, talk to them about what happened today and what a horrible day it was. But that animal can't do anything but just look at you and wag its tail because it doesn't know that your heart's breaking. Uh, we talk to animals, but we talk with each other. And this is the distinction with God. We talk with God mm-hmm. and he talks with us. It's not just talking to him. It's talking with, with him. Him. And that is part of the human. And if you think about just how deep that is, why is it in our whole world and our whole culture, with few exceptions, people want to congregate and talk to other humans? Mm-hmm. I know there's, I know there are loners. I know there are people that are, that are perfectly content by themselves and they live in remote areas, but they are an exception to the rule. Mm-hmm. Most people want to be connected to groups. And so we go to churches, we go to civic clubs, we go to nightclubs and bars Mm -hmm. because we're talking with each other. Right. And that's just something that, that, uh, the the importance of words that no other creature on the planet. And that's the way God made us. He made us linguistic beings. Right. I think is how uh, Dr. Truman uh, put it. Now, getting back to the talking to dogs. You know, they can, uh, through repetition, they can understand what certain, like a word, one or two, three, maybe. Um, and you can train them right. to understand certain commands and things like that. Uh, as you know, we've got a new puppy, a little bulldog puppy at home. And he knows one word. And that word is, well, he knows one sentence, I guess. Are you hungry? He's always <laughs> hungry. He runs to his food bowl. So I, <laughs> he yeah. learned he learned that very quickly yeah. so but uh yeah, yeah and and we you know we don't want to because it is part it is part of the wonder of God's creation we want to be call, careful about this mm-hmm. it is part of the wonder of God's creation that there are that animals have levels of intelligence right okay they they definitely have intelligence but not all animals have reason mm-hmm. and the illustration i use is uh how come these animals can't figure out you can't walk across the busy road? Right. How, how come they don't know that? After all after all the kinfolk that have been killed on the highway, mm-hmm. they just go right out and walk right across it like nothing. The deer, the you deer know, they, 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 do, they, do, they do. Why can't they figure this out? That, you know, there are certain times of day when you shouldn't cross the road because they, are, they don't have reason. 
They have intelligence, but they don't have reason. And this is one of the things that separates humans from, uh, from, from the animal world. We have a level of intelligence that they lack. And we say that that level of intelligence is a, uh, is part of the image of God that was imparted to man with our creation. Right. And, uh, we have learned how to teach animals. But that requires us to teach them. Mm-hmm. They can't, they couldn't, they would not come to those things on their own. Right. You see, they wouldn't come to those things on their own. We have to teach them. We have to domesticate them. Right. And, 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 uh, but yeah, it, they can't domesticate each other. No, no. Um, and God gave us dominion right. over creatures. And he, uh, Adam, he brings out, Dr. Truman brings out that Adam names all of the other creatures. Right. Now, how is that significant? Well, that was in that context. Okay. So here's what I would say about that is that demonstrates Adam's dominion mm-hmm. as God's representative. This is one of the reasons why God lets him do it. Uh, you're going, the, I have given you dominion over the animal kingdom. The expression of that dominion is for you to use words to name these animals. Right. And this is what he does. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, uh, and that's very important to notice. It's in a, it's a, uh, it is not to be thought that Adam named all five million creatures. That wasn't the point. Mm-hmm. The point is you, Adam is to use his intelligence and his words mm-hmm. as part of his dominion over the, the world. Right. And, and we're still doing that today. We have dominion and we're using words to, to, to find cures for cancer and uh, treatments for other diseases, um, mm-hmm. means of producing more food with less land, uh, all of these kinds of things that are all part. Dr. F- Dr. Frame makes this point in another book of his, and, and I think it's called The Doctrine of the Christian Life, where he, he, he deals with the, the idea that a lot of what we fail to realize is medical advances, uh, agricultural advances, uh, transportation advances, all of these are, are part of fulfilling that command to have dominion, right. see. Uh, so it's it's wonderful, but we always want to remember that we we talk with God mm-hmm. and not just to God. And in talking about all those things come out of that command. If you think back, all the hospitals that were started in the United States were started uh, by Christians, right? And all the universities, all the main universities, were started originally in, in right. the United States. were were started by Christians, although that's changed now. It, it has changed now, but it, it is undeniable. And, and uh, Rodney Stark, who was a who was a professor at one of those colleges, Baylor University, mm-hmm. that was a was once funded by the Southern Baptist Convention, if I'm not mistaken. He wrote a book. He wrote two books, The Victory of Reason and uh, uh, another one. But he talks about in one of those books how Christians started hospitals. Christians started, and this goes all the way back into the to the early centuries. Right. Christians started hospitals. Christians started orphanages. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he points out that uh, also the, the Reformation 
were brought about many of the advances, uh, uh, technological advances in in in, uh, in economical changes because the Catholic Church would not let you charge interest on money you borrowed. You could only have it, whatever you had was what you got back. And when the Reformation took root, they said, no, you should be able to make money. And then, then we, we have what today, what many people find offensive is capitalism, but it, it really is what makes the world better right. uh, in that sense. But anyway, you go back through there, and, and Rodney Stark brought out that it was Christians who were obeying the command of Christ to visit the sick, who were the foundation of uh, uh, of the, what we did they know as a modern modern hospital. And he points out, it was very interesting, but he points out that in many cases, people were sick, but it was not a life-threatening disease. They died from a lack of attention mm-hmm. because their sickness prevented them from feeding themselves and getting water and having proper hygiene. Right. If someone would just go in and do those things, the people would recover. Right. Okay. And, and so it, it it's one of there we go again history that right. nobody wants to talk about but but Which, uh, wasn't that the same in prisons and right. uh, of course we would, the prisons they would just leave them in there and if they if if food wasn't brought to them by other Christians and medical uh, right. supplies then they would just rot they would rot and, and in fact that's still true in some countries in Africa is it that the the family has to bring the the inmate food and water and so forth because the, the government doesn't they, they don't have the resources we enjoy we we enjoy in america mm-hmm. uh, we're way off track but man right. there's so much there is there's so, so much, much in that well let's get back on track he uh dr truman brings out that humans have a specific mandate from god what is that mandate in in our human nature okay well uh, I, I i'm not sure that i'm going to recite re- rest recite exactly what he said, but fundamentally, our mandate is to glorify God, to right. glorify our creator, to live and serve for his kingdom, his purposes, and we find that our lives are better. Humanity is better mm-hmm. when we when we strive to serve, to serve and, and glorify him. Right, just like we were talking about before all you need to do is go back into history and you see that that right. is the case and that is true. Well, uh, is human nature something which is more basic than gender, class, culture, location, or time? We live in a culture, they talk about they want to bring everybody together, but all I see is division. Uh, we want to divide people by uh, race. We want to divide people by culture, right. by gender. Now yeah. is is a thing. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, is that part of our human nature? Yeah, w- w- being human means I am it, it, uh, unavoidably connected to every other person, past, present, or future on this planet, mm-hmm. and I cannot be separated that way. Uh, there's something that's just fundamental. Our human nature is transcends all of these categories that we're trying to, that we find ourselves uh, uh, dealing with. You, you make a great point. I hinted at it Sunday. They talk to us about bringing people together, and they keep separating us. So February is Black History Month. Mm-hmm. March is Women's History Month. Um, April is um, 
or, or uh, April is Pacific Asian American History Month. And I, I know what they're, they're, we're trying to give honor where honors do, recognize the contribution that these different groups have made to the well-being of our nation. And that's a good thing, but, right. but, but it also just divides us. It, it, I'm not one of those, so I don't count this month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the culture looks at history as being bad and something we should forget. And yet we have all these history months. Right. Exactly. Know, so which it's, is ironic. Well, it's, 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 it's just part of the inconsistency of our culture. We aren't able to think in a consistent fashion. Mm-hmm. Either history is important or it's not important. If it's not important, then why are we having history months for every, every group that comes along, you know? Uh, and again, you have to be careful because people will take that to, to be some kind of slight or some kind of racial. It's not. It's just, it's just asking the question. Is history important or not? If we say it is, by the way, here's another one. Uh, history is not important. Then why do we keep getting this phrase Nazi thrown around every time somebody doesn't like something that's going to happen politically? Right. Lots of a bunch of Nazis. Well, do you even know who the Nazis were? They probably don't. They don't know. that, And and they shouldn't. If they didn't know, they wouldn't use the term in that way. It was a horrific. It was a horrific chapter in human history. And why anybody would would go so low as to compare this person with that moment in history defies ex- explanation. But it, what we're getting at is that human beings are connected at a fundamental basic level, and that is as creatures of God. Right. And regardless of what our gender is or what our nationality is or what our skin color is, we are joined at the hip in the sense of our need for God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, this is what I would like to try to say to people. No matter no matter what category you put yourself in, you have a fundamental need to be rescued from your sin by God. Right. And I always use that little mantra of mine. Uh, if most people are basically good, why is the world in this mess? Because these problems are being created by more than a few bad people. If most people are basically good, then only a few people are basically bad. And that's not what you see in the real world. Not it's at all. it's completely turned around. Mm-hmm. Uh and and so I always like to go through that list that you can you can build more and more and more, you know, number of people that are starving, the number of people living in poverty, the number of people that are being that are that are homeless that, and and go down the list. Why do we have terrorists? And where do they get their weapons? How can they? How can these rogue nations have all these weapons? Where are they getting it? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, those, if if most people are basically good, why is the most populated country on the planet, which is China, the greatest contributor to uh, pollution that everybody's worried is causing the climate to change? What? What? How can most people be basically good? Uh, these are these are the kinds of things, and and I say that because there's this, we're all connected in that sense. We're all connected by our fallenness, and this is one of the things that Paul brings out. We are all connected by our fallenness. Take away everything else, and what you have left is a broken human being who needs rescue. Right, and the only rescue that's available is through our Lord Jesus Christ. Exactly. Well, you may have covered this uh, already, but. The Bible says that we are made in God's image. Male, he created us in his image, male and female, he created us. What does it mean to be made in God's image? 
Well, that's a that's a tricky one. That's that's more involved, and in, in, there's no short answer. Fundamentally, and and this is probably the most basic and easiest, is that being made in God's image meant to be His representative in the earth. Okay, comes under that heading again of, of Adam being given dominion over as God's representative in the earth, uh, a physical world. God's a spirit being. He creates a physical world. He needs a physical representative in that world. He chooses, he makes Adam and Eve. They are the uh, essence of his presence. Uh, and, of course, that carries over into Christ, who becomes the second man, uh, the second Adam in Paul's terminology. And he succeeds in every way where the first man failed. Uh but fundamentally, it, it means to be God's representative, and 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 his, the representative is charged with giving glory and honor to the Creator mm-hmm. who has made him. So, is that what it means when we, we hear the when he's talking about human nature? Is that that's is the, that what we would call human nature? I think that's what Doctor Truman is getting at. That human nature at its core is that we are made in the image of God. And whatever other things distinguish one race or one group from another, at the core, we are all uh, image bearers. So there's never been anyone born that was born uh, that does not have this nature. No. No one has ever been born or will be born that doesn't have that nature. Um, uh, uh, And and we always want to put in the caveat that Christ was born sinless. But he was born with a, with a human nature because he was completely fully human. To be continued, we will continue this conversation in the next episode. And it keeps getting more and more interesting. Be sure to like and share this with your friends, and be sure to subscribe to our channel. Thanks for listening.